Hi, before we start this episode, I just wanted to say that this weekend marks the official opening of The Running Show, a spectacular event taking place at the iconic NEC Birmingham in the UK. Now, Raccoon Media organise the event and they also produce a podcast called Outside and Active. It just so happens that I have the host of the podcast, Dominic Brown, on this week's episode. As I do quite often with my interviews, I have split this into three parts. Now, let me tell you, chatting with Dominic was a blast. In today's segment, we kick things off by delving into his school days and exploring his early experiences with sports. It's a journey you won't want to miss. I had such a great time during this interview and I'm crossing my fingers that you are going to enjoy it as much as I did. And hey, the excitement doesn't stop there. Part two and three of this adventure is dropping next week and the following week. So make sure you're locked in and subscribe. So without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Dominic. So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name is Brian Patterson and I'm here to help. Welcome to Brian's Rompod. Well, welcome back to another episode of Brian's Ron Pod, and I'm your host, Brian Patterson, and today we've got a fantastic guest on the show. Well, today I've taken a different track, and I'm interviewing a fellow podcaster. Please give a warm welcome to Dominic Brown, a host of Outside and Active podcast and digital communications manager at Outside and Active. Now, Dom wears many hats, managing content and marketing for the site, and even documenting his outdoor escapades and musings. I've checked out his website and let me tell you, it's a treasure trove of outdoor goodness. He says, and I quote, I've been playing all varieties of sports since the age of five, but in the past years, I've somehow become a runner. And this has opened my eyes to a whole new world of adventure. I still love playing team sports and heading to the gym. Now, he has interviewed some amazing people, Olympians such as Colin Jackson, Sir Chris Hoy, Paula Radcliffe. And our very own Caitlin Limmer, who has been I've interviewed on Brian's Ronbold. He also shares something in common with my daughter, who went to the same university, Royal Holloway. So a shout out to Royal Holloway and a shout out for my daughter, who always tells me off for not mentioning her name, Anna. Anyway, uh, as I said, uh, welcome to the podcast, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice to be present and listening to, to an introduction live is good. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Like I do with many of my guests, I just wanted to sort of go right to the beginning and yeah. find out whether, you know, sport was very much part of your growing up at, at school, either primary school or, you know, at senior school. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it there in the, in the introduction of sport very much has been a part of my life since pretty much the age of five, since as, as long as I can remember. My parents are both very sporty. My dad's played every sport that you can imagine, similar with my mum. And so sport was kind of in my genes, if yeah. that's such a thing. So it started with with school, where, where I grew up in Surrey. A load of the mums and dads and kids kind of became friends in the first year of reception. And then when we got to about the age of five, it then became, oh, well, let's they're very keen to be outdoors and be sporty. So let's get them into the local rugby, cricket and football clubs. So I joined them with a lot of my friends from school 
And I think it kind of started from there. I just loved being outdoors. I loved playing sport. I loved being social around people. And it's pretty much stuck for the last, what, 21, 22 years of wanting to get stuck into any sport that is there, usually team sport, but I'm sure we'll come on to, to, to that compared to running, running in a little bit. But it's just always been a passion of mine. And now I've been very fortunate to make it my career. Are there been, like me, I mean, there's kind of maybe a couple of standout moments at school. Is there any for you, you know, at school, you know, like... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I was very privileged to go to, to a school that had a, in Surrey that had a, quite a lot of sport was a big focus of the school. And in the first couple of years, I was a, a big fish in a small pond in terms of sporting, especially with cricket. Clearly there was a couple of us that were very good at cricket and that we kind of carried the team. And then all of a sudden there was a big influx of players in and, and students in what would have been year nine where all of these district and county cricketers came in and very quickly became a small fish in a big pond, which which was different but great. And I had the opportunity to play with some players that are now professional cricketers, Phil Sol, who's playing for England, Dan Douthwaite, who plays for Glamorgan and a couple of teams in, in Wales and had the opportunity to play against some very high-level cricketers in at that school, a cricketing school against other schools nearby, and looking, I probably didn't recognise it at that point, but looking back now, the opportunity to play cricket alongside some of the best cricketers in the country that they now are was, was amazing. And looking at them on TV whilst I'm sat there with a with a soft drink on a Sunday afternoon, watching them play all around the world is good fun. But no, I think I was very fortunate to have the exposure to some great opportunities. Like I said, I, I think I said rugby, cricket and football were the main things that I played, but I'd wanted to, I think I said before, wanted to try anything from badminton and swimming and squash and anything that Patonk was in, was one that just came out of nowhere, like French bowls. But yeah, anything, anything that was to try, I usually start, went, went towards it with, with an open mind. So do you think that theme of, of sport, like you said, coming, you know, from the age of five and then going into your senior school, did you, was there a point where you thought, this is what I'd like to do or be involved in some as, as a career or did you, were you open-minded to other jobs, you know, or careers? Yeah, I think probably at an early age, I would have thought as most people I think would, is, oh, if I'm, I'm going to work in sport, I have to be a professional athlete. Mm. I got to a point where obviously I realised that that was not going to be something. And it was probably towards the ages of 14, 15, 16, where I kind of, got gripped by filmmaking and media and editing and things like that. I used to, again, very fortunate, went on a, a cricket tour with school to Barbados and thought, oh, I'll take my GoPro and I'll film the two weeks and make a video that everyone can kind of remember for as long as they want to remember it, which we still look back on with fond memories every now and then. And, oh, I did, did that with a couple of other holidays and trips and just began to make content from, you know, from editing and behind the camera. And that became something that I then wanted to study. So A-levels, it was it was definitely something that I was interested in and, and studied and then went to university, as you mentioned at the beginning, Royal Holloway and did like a film, television, digital production course. And it only then became after that where sport continued to be a back, kind of consistent backdrop in my life. 
And then when, as most students do, when they come to the end or middle of university and going, okay, what, what, what am I going to do now? Yeah. (laughs) Realization. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go and actually work now. And presented the opportunity to actually combine Well, now I'm very much doing that, but combining the two media, marketing, social media, and a love of sport became a love of health and fitness, because I think there's a kind of a little bit of a difference, not difference between the two There's a parallel, but I think, oh, I love sport is quite different to being passionate about health and fitness, which encompasses maybe a little bit more about that that I'm sure we'll speak about in a bit. But I've been very fortunate over the last two and a half years that I've been here of being able to combine my two loves of social media marketing and content and also health and fitness. Let's take a quick break. Just a short break to tell you about some exciting news. We have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Now, back to the podcast. Do you think, well, I don't know how you can can put it. Do you think it's easier now? I know this is a bit of often a tangent to, for, for people now to, you know, create their own content into whatever discipline, you know, whatever it is than it was, then maybe say, I don't know, you know, maybe when you were at school, you know, earlier on, I mean, I know compared to when, you know, when I was at school, which is a thousand years ago, but I mean, you know, then, 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 you know, when it's, it's every year it is, it is getting easier. There are, there's sort of more channels. Then again, the same, there are a lot of challenges as well. Yeah. You know, we talk about social media and, and whatever, but do you think it's, it's, it's becoming it's the whole easier. thing, isn't it? It's, it's the, the pros and cons. I mean, it, yeah. there used to be sort of three main channels of media with yeah. magazines and then television and radio. And then I think YouTube very much changed that. Yeah. YouTube, 2000, I think it was 2005 where that started. And then all of a sudden, it took four or five years for that to really kind of become a widespread media platform. And then it was, oh, I can, people can upload content their own for free and start to challenge traditional media and then you've just seen in the last kind of four or five years where obviously then instagram facebook twitter x whatever that is now has taken over and people again have more access to 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 say with how they feel and interact with people and that has become almost accelerated even more in the last five years thanks to, to tiktok and and then obviously a real short of course yeah is it you can create content and actually you don't need a million followers to be able to, yeah. to to create a viral clip you can make your first video and it can go viral and all of a sudden it's there yeah that's the benefits it connects more people it allows people to be creative it allows companies to be more creative and human the flip side of that is that the average engagement time is about 5 seconds four yeah. and a half seconds if that mm. And I think, and I've noticed this from my own experience, that the way I engage with media and probably life is a lot more impatient and a lot quicker mm. than it, it used to be. Like, you know, doom scrolling and just yeah. general impatience and having this thing, my phone I'm holding in my hand, yeah. I try not to 
yeah. close to me. So yeah, a bit of a tangent about social media, but there's pros and cons to it. Yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, that is my that is my role is trying to battle with it and engage with it. But it's yeah, it's it's a it's a weird world. I mean, it is sometimes. I mean, I'm like I, you know, I, going on Instagram and following. Just getting back to the running is yeah. that there is someone who, you know, who 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 puts up some videos about warming up and that kind of thing. And so it it, it does provide. There are some sort of benefits. It gives you a few ideas. Um, oh, although there's there's half the exercises that she's doing, which I could not. That I think I'd probably go to hospital after <laughs> if I did. Oh, that. in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Moving on, so you did a, a film uh, and, and, a, a, and a TV degree. That was part of yep. your. Is that was that was kind of, as the Americans would say, you kind of majored in. Is that right? Was there anything else that you did within in uh, as part of yeah, your degree? Yeah, it was pre- predominantly film and television production, which was half theory and half practical, which yeah. is what I wanted and what I thought was good. I mean, learning about nineteen twenties Russian film wasn't quite on the. the All oh, right, okay, joined, but. You know, I fell in love with 1950s French films, so there's a, there's unexpected benefits. Mm-hmm. And then the practical side, learning how to, whether you want to do cinematography or sound or producing or directing, I went down the cinematography route of how things look and how things are filmed. Mm-hmm. And a weird element of that was digital production, which is kind of a bit more, if anyone's ever been to Tate Modern and looked around there, there's a lot of elements of digital art in there weird and wacky things. I mean, you go in there and you, you see a toilet in the middle of the room and that's called art and you, it makes you think about it. And that was a little bit of what digital arts was, which is very left field, but very makes you think about things in a slightly creative and artistic way. Mm. So then did you start at, what was it, start at Outside and Active straight away after university? Not straight away, actually. So... Right. Finished university degree, and then I was opened up to the opportunity of what, if anyone's ever been involved in their students' union at university, it's a sabbatical officer role, a oh, vice, right. pre- yes, that's right. vice yeah. president yeah. role or president role. A lot of people hear you say that and go, what? I was the vice president of sport at university, which makes it sound a lot more official than it actually was. They're effectively an elected, you're elected by students, or there's a campus-wide campaign. You have to campaign for votes and tell, you know, create a manifesto of how you're going to change your area, whether it's education, sports, societies, you get elected, you don't get elected. You find out on the night alongside the other people that have run against you and you find out if you've got a job the next year. So I was very fortunate to do that. I then got re-elected and you're only legally allowed to do that for two years. And that was effectively combined. Well, that really kickstarted my career in health and fitness because that made right. me think about how to improve people's life at university in a sporting sense every day. So I had that to two years and unfortunately finished that in June of 2020. Oh, yes. Yeah. So finding a job in June of 2020 was very, very tough. Yeah. Fast forward a few months and I was very fortunate to, to then be offered a position at where I am now. Raccoon Media Group is the overall company mm. doing marketing, basic marketing for B2C health and fitness events. Yeah. We organize national running show, national door expo, a number of other shows in different health and fitness markets, cycling, snow sports, equine, and began there and did kind of marketing for six months to a year. And then the opportunity came up to kind of take over or be a part of the content for this platform called Outside and Active, which had existed 
in the company for a little while because it became a digital event when you couldn't run events, obviously in person for a, a few years mm. uh, during, during lockdown. Events companies had to be imaginative and we created this digital event and it, outside and active then was this thing. And the, the powers at Beer Raccoon Media Group said, hey, we kind of want this to be a thing. Can you do something with it? effectively, which I'd never done before. It's quite scary. I'd only kind of run social media accounts at YouTube, uh, at university and kind of done my own thing. All of a sudden it was part of a job and I had to create a community and create content and do it in a professional career sense and take it on and mold it. But two, almost two and a half years later, I've been fortunate enough. I think you mentioned in the intro to be able to speak to unbelievable people. The names you mentioned, even the names that you didn't, you haven't mentioned that I'm sure we'll come on to have genuinely been life-changing, I would say. I think it sounds a little bit... I mean, I was going to say is that, do you get that feeling that I'm in the room with like Sir Chris or or whoever and you have to pinch yourself? Absolutely. I mean, these are people that not only have achieved unbelievable things at an Olympic Games at the top level... But there are also people that, from from a podcasting and interviewing point of view, have been interviewed on international, national television networks yeah. by people that have been interviewing and podcasting or, you know, similar type of thing for yeah. years and years. And they've been asked every single question and, oh, what's it like to win a gold medal and all that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So the challenge with those people, I think, is where's the niche? Where's, where's, what, what's what can you bring out of them that maybe yeah. they've not spoken about before? Mm-hmm. But yeah, completely a sense of I'm, I'm just me being with the opportunity. I always use that word to speak with these unbelievable people. Yeah. Incredible. But at the same time, I mean, listening to some of them, like I listened to the one Ailish McCoglin yesterday because I saw her over Christmas, her documentary about her. And, you know, they're all very, you know, humble you know, they're just like you and I, although they are, you know, a completely rare breed, they are an athlete and they are, you know, a different, <laughs> I was put them in a different yeah, category. Yeah. You know, they are, they're, they're completely different, you know, they're, and, but at the same time, you know, they're just like, you know, you and I, in some ways, you know, they're, I mean, I remember I, I when I was a gym instructor in, in Twickenham, the Harlequins guys used to come in <laughs> yeah. and, and I used to speak to Jason Leonard and, on it, he was the nicest guy. He was, he was, you know, and he would always have time for you, you know. You know. You know I know they forget that they're human, human beings as well. Like yeah, they, they yeah. actually want to see you as a, as an equal. And I, I have been guilty at the beginning of doing this. Of obviously, when you see Sir Chris Hoy or uh, Ray Mears or, or X Y Z person that you kind of kind of chat to, and you you build it up, and you get nervous, and even. I've been fortunate enough to speak with influencers that have been on popular TV shows that you kind of think you build up an idea of them in your head where there are sometimes it's in a slightly negative way. Cause you think, Oh gosh, I'm just me. I'm just Dom. And you know, why are they going to want to speak to me? Or they're going to, they're going to be a little bit blase or they might be rude. I've not had a single instance in two years wow. with anyone. I've been very, you know, touch, touch wood it'll, yeah. it'll probably, of anyone being, incredible like rude or dismissive or looks like they don't want to be there right. maybe they have but they don't look like it and they get great <laughs> and i've been i've come out of certain interviews and uh, recordings and chats and going i'm firmly going oh i feel like a bit of a 
bit of an idiot because I thought that that person might have been a certain way. And they absolutely were the loveliest person that's that yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. So yeah, like you were just saying, they're just normal people. Like they want to give you time and, and yeah, it's, it's, I'm very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Did they, was it with Raccoon Media? Is it Raccoon Media? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Was it, was it their idea to, to push forward, you know, this platform, you know, the, on, well, to outside and active onto, onto the, the podcast platform. And yeah. did they sort of say, Dominic, here you go. So, <laughs> I would love to say that it was uh, outside and active was something I created in my bedroom one day when I when I was like I want to try something. I would love to give that story. Unfortunately, that's not <laughs> that's not the case. But it kind of is what you said there. It was handed over to me in a little bit of a. It had been thrown around, and was it going to be a film production? Was yeah. it going to yeah a production house? Was it going to be a digital events with webinars only? Was it going to be just a website? And it kind of got to this point where they said, oh, here's this guy that's been here for a, for a half a year or a year who he likes being on camera because he does the interviews, not likes being on camera, but can be on camera. He can do the technical stuff behind the scenes and he has a bit of motivation. What what can we do with him to give something to see if it works? And outside, I think it started with about, I had about 200 followers when I took it over, a few clients that we'd worked with the podcast had just kind of got started between me and a colleague that that was here at the time. And it was a little bit of an experiment and it was like, right, you own this, do with it what you will. And it has very much become part of my life. Like I not just saying this because it was handed to me or oh, that my bosses might be listening. <laughs> but it, it is not, I come in and do this from nine to five, like I outside and active or, you know, what I do is very much, I live and breathe that, whether that comes back to the whole health and fitness is my passion. It's not just my career. I have lived and breathed it for the last two, two and a half years and very passionate about building a community, providing high quality content and also the boring stuff of having to make it commercially viable. It is outside and active is very much just, just me doing the marketing and content for it. Yeah. So you, you get the, because I notice you do get sponsors now and again, don't you? Yeah. I have a commercial colleague, Tom, who's fantastic that does that side of things because effectively, whether it's in a business or whether it's individual, sometimes it has to wash, wash its face uh, and then some, but I, my core is, is content. So I, I often then have the editorial battle of saying, no, we're creating this because it's good content. And that's my, or or, always my forefront. Obviously there has to be a commercial element to that as yeah. well yeah. Yeah. To, to keep it going. But now outside narrative has just sort of become me, which is, <laughs> which is weird, which is weird. I remember two and a half or two years ago, I was kind of like, well, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if this is something that I'm ready for or something I'll be able to do. And it's just, I've just been able to grow with it. There's still a long way to go, but it's, yeah. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Part of it. So do the, in terms of getting guests, is it, sort of in conjunction with the exhibitions that you run or, 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 you know, is, um, do you kind of reach out? How do you go about reaching out for, for a bit of a mixture? There is a bit of a mixture. Obviously, like I mentioned, we're connected to the shows. Very fortunate to have a, a fantastic content team that work across all of our shows across the U S and the UK where, where they bring in some of the most amazing speakers. I mean, we've got the National Running Show next week as we're recording this on the, on the 20th of January and Mo Farah's speaking there. 
I think he's only there for about 45 minutes. So I think oh, he's doing right. his leaving. So unfortunately, not going to have the opportunity to, to chat to him. Mm. But some speakers that we have, that yes, the headline, quote unquote, headliners that have X amount of Instagram followers and that have won X amount of gold medals are fantastic. But they they uh, bring in speakers from all over the running world, whether it's inspirational, educational, or pure, pure fun and entertainment. And a lot of the times I then work with the content team to say, Hey, who, who's got time for, a, for an interview or a chat who wants to do it? Who would okay. be good? What, what gaps have we not spoken to? So there's a, there's a lot of that of working with them and then sitting down with people at physically at the show. But there's also a lot of me being able to reach out. And as, as a podcast grows and as your connections grow with people, you then have access to a few more people who go, Hey, they reach out to you. You reach out to them and Hey, do you want to sit down with me for half an hour and have a chat about the outdoors and and make it quite fun and quite relaxing. And obviously there's a little bit of give and take is that I get some content for it and you're going to get some promotion out of it. Or we just want to sit down and have a chat. You mentioned Caitlin at the beginner. She is just a She's just living, lives life for people that know yeah. Caitlin's story. Um, if you don't, then, then absolutely listen to yeah. to her story. But she is just a lust for life and says yes and grabs every opportunity. I was fortunate to sit down in this room with her and have a one-on-one chat in person. But you just meet people like that and yeah. your your connection grows. Like we are, you know, we've been connected now through that conversation and the connection that yeah. we now have. Yes, exactly. exactly. We'll then spread and have access to, to more. And that's what it's all about. So yeah, now I'm trying to get into a position where it's happened a few times where I chat to people and bring people in yeah. and then the show team and the content team go, oh, hello, uh, you've had a chat with Helen Glover, who's an Olympic rower. We would love to have her at the show. Yeah. Can you give her a contact detail? And I'm going, yeah. ah, finally, I can <laughs> I have a little bit of a balance in the in the conversation. But no, like, like I said, the the vast array of people that I've been able to speak to from all over the world, from people that I've watched on the Olympics to people that I've never heard of before mm. and have now forged genuinely great friendships with has been an unbelievable experience. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Rompod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running and next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube, so whether you're padding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website www.brianesrompod.co.uk and there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. 
Till next week, thanks again for listening. 